All right, church family, thank you for sticking with us today, and thanks, worship team, for that. That was awesome. So we've been on the social distancing thing, which means we've been at home a lot over these last 40, 50 days, depending on where you're at in the country. So I don't want to start a fight tonight, but I'd like to find out how many of you have this thing in your home where there's a certain way to do things. Uh, I know in our house, it's the dishwasher. I know I'm going to be in the doghouse for this, but, you know, certain people in our house load the dishwasher certain ways. I'm guessing you probably do, too. Uh, you know, the plates have to face the same direction or the bowls have to be here in the cups here. And I know there are some things that are just this is how it has to be done. But it seems like every house has their own rules about the dishwasher. And I've seen I've talked to couples where one will load the dishwasher and then the other will come in and unload it, reorganize it to fit more things in or to get them cleaner because um, we all kind of have our own way of doing stuff, right? We all kind of have our own ways that we want things done. Well, in the parable we're going to read today, Jesus talks about a certain way to do things if you want your life to be blessed. Now, this is a series called Infinitely More, and it's based on Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, which will come up on the screen here. But he says that God is able to do infinitely more or, infinite, or immeasurably more, depending on your translation, than we could ask or imagine or ask or think according to his power at work within us. Jesus is able to do infinitely more in us and through us because of his power at work within us. Guys, it's not based on our skills or our ability or our wants or our desires. It's based on God's power at work within us. And so these last couple of weeks and these next few weeks, we're talking about how God can do things in our lives more than we could ask or imagine or think. Now, today, he gives us the pathway to do that. If you miss the first couple of messages in the series, you can catch them on our app, on our website, on our YouTube page, on our Facebook page. But we talked about in uh, God's plan to do more in us and through us. And last week, we talked about God working in us, doing more in us. Today, we're going to talk about the pathway to more, the pathway to allowing God to do more in our lives than we plan than we can even imagine. So this is a parable. This is a, a story. Jesus taught with stories. We call them parables. This is one, if your kids grew up in church, if you grew up in church, you've probably heard a thousand times. If you're new to the church thing, this may be the first time you've ever heard it, uh, but it's one that'll stick with you, especially here in Nebraska. So this comes from Matthew chapter seven. If you have the Version Bible app, if you hit the events tab there, uh, the notes are there. Uh, you can look this up. Matthew chapter seven. We're going to start in verse 24. Jesus is telling a story, and he's talking about what it means to be a real disciple, a real follower. So he's finishing up what we call the Sermon on the Mount, which was uh, his first big major sermon, where he laid out what a Christian life looks like and what a blessed life looks like. Now, that word blessed, it doesn't just mean happy. I know, sorry, Pastor Kenny, I said I was going to read the verse, and I kept talking. Um, blessed doesn't just mean happy. Blessed means enviable, in an enviable position. It means if your life is blessed, other people want a life like that. Now, does being blessed mean you're not going to have problems? No. But it does mean that God is doing stuff in you, and God is doing stuff through you. It means you are in an enviable position. So Jesus lays out what it means to live a life that's blessed. And then here, he gives the pathway. He gives the idea of how to live a life that's blessed, of how God can work where you're at today in your house, in your family. If we follow this pattern God can work in us, even if we're stuck at home, even if we're stuck at home with our kids or our spouse, or if we're uh, in a hospital or if we're in isolation somewhere, God can work in us and through us. So Matthew chapter 7, I'll read it now, verse 24. Jesus says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is a wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. 
though the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So Jesus here says that when we, if we want to be wise, if we want to live lives that are smart, that are wise, that are places where God can work in and through us, we have to build our lives on His teaching. Now, I know some of you are sitting at home, you might even still be in your pajamas, just had pancakes, or you're drinking your coffee, and you're thinking, all right, what does this mean, build my life on His teaching? We're going to talk about that. But Jesus here talks about building on a foundation. Now, see, I'm a Missourian. I'm from Missouri, southeast Missouri, to be exact, down by the Mississippi River, the part of Missouri that sticks down into Arkansas called the Boot Hill. That's kind of where I'm from. And down there, we understood this principle because everything in Missouri is built on rock. We have a bedrock foundation, limestone underneath. That means the water's really hard and your coffee makers clog up all the time. But there's this huge foundation of limestone down there. We got that. When I read this story, oh yeah, I understand. Here in Nebraska, it's amazing. You can dig forever and you just hit water. You know, when I first moved here, they said, oh, we need to dig a hole out in the parking lot to set a post. And I thought, oh, great. It was amazing. You know, Missouri, you dig, you hit a rock, move that rock, you find another rock. You know, here you can just dig. It's amazing. So we understand that building on a foundation is important. And a foundation is incredibly important. So, you know, most of us want to do things our way. We want to do things the way we want to do it. That's why I brought up the thing about the dishwasher or about laundry. You know, you fold towels a certain way. Everybody's got their own way of doing it. It's the American way. We do things our way, right? Well, here Jesus is saying, if you do things my way, your life is going to be blessed. If you do things my way, your life will withstand the storms that come. And guys, we see it right now. All around us, there's a storm, a virus storm out here, and it's disrupting lives, it's disrupting families. But Jesus says, if you build my, your life on my teachings, your life can withstand storms. Yeah, you're still going to have them, but you can withstand it. So we see the importance of a foundation because the choice of foundation, guys, is imperative. The choice of the foundation that we build our lives on is imperative. It's one of the most important decisions we will ever make. It's what a house is built on. A foundation is, is built on something strong. We understand that. We understand that a foundation is what keeps a house anchored. It's what keeps a house strong. If the foundation goes bad, if your foundation starts to sink, you have problems, right? Your whole house gets off kilter and you can't shut doors. It's amazing. I took a class at fire school a couple of years ago, and they were teaching us. I'm a firefighter, and they were teaching us how to do a large area search when you can't see. Because if a, a building's on fire, it's really dark, you can't see in there. And so we did this really cool exercise where we would search a large area for victims. We had one guy that would crawl into the building with a thermal camera so he could see where he was going, and he had a rope attached to him. And he would crawl in there, and he would turn around, and he would stop. And that rope was the anchor. All of us guys that were searching would attach a rope around our waist, and we'd attach to that line. And then we could go out, we could search. I could move out this way and search, or our partner could go out this way. And he didn't have to worry about getting lost, even though it was dark, you didn't know it was in there. You knew as long as you were attached to that tether line, you could get back out. And you knew if you went one way and you got turned around, you met a buddy. If you went out the other way, you got outside. That rope was our anchor. That rope was our foundation. We knew as long as we had that rope, it didn't matter how far out we got, how many obstacles we hit, how many victims we found, we could drag them out because we were attached to something that led us home. Guys, Jesus says if you build your life on his teaching, if we build our lives on his teaching, on his truth, 
on a relationship with him, our lives will withstand storms. Storms still come, but we have a foundation that will help us. When do we get, if I was in that search and I detached, and every movie does this, every firefighter movie, they go in on their own. It drives you crazy because they got to have the drama. But as long, if you detach from that cord, you could get lost. As long as you kept on that tether, you knew you could get back home. You knew you could get back out to the daylight, to the fresh air. If your air starts getting low, you could get back out. You knew which way to go. When do we start having problems in our lives? When we detach from our foundation. When we wander from our relationship with Jesus, when we start running into problems that we can't handle on our own. We need that foundation. So, and here's, guys, one of the biggest tools of the enemy, one of the biggest tools Satan throws into our lives is misalignment. You might be saying, what in the world is misalignment? One of the biggest things he does is he gets us off kilter. You know, we always look for Satan to come in with a big thing. All right, I'm going to blow your marriage up with an affair. I'm going to blow your family up with a divorce. I'm going to blow your, your business up with embezzlement or something like that. We look for these big, huge things, but really all he has to do is get us off to the side just a little bit. If your house starts to slip off the foundation, if your foundation cracks or sinks, your whole house is going to fall apart, but it's one little thing. And guys, this is what Satan does. He just gets us a little bit out of line. He gets us so busy that we don't spend time with him. He gets us so busy that we miss church over and over and over again. We get so busy we don't spend time with our family, our spouse, our kids. We get so busy, and that's what Satan does. He gets us busy. I love this passage in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 7-9. through 9. Peter says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. God cares about us. Now listen to this. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him on a foundation. Be strong in your faith. Remember your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. So he says Satan is kind of like a roaring lion. If you watch any National Geographic shows, you see there one lion will get out and he roars and scares all the gazelles. And what are they looking for? Do they go plowing into the herd? No. They look for that one gazelle that goes, ha! And it runs the wrong direction. And then they, there's a lion waiting in the weeds, comes out, picks him off. That's what Satan does. He gets us off our alignment. He gets us off the foundation where Jesus has said, that man that built his house on sand, and it comes crashing down. He just gets us out just a little bit, a little bit off. It's a distraction. We see it. It's not one big thing. And so we see this when Christians get out of alignment with their relationship with God. We see that they start distancing themselves from their church family. They start pulling out. They start missing more and more times with church family. They start missing more and more times in the Word. They start lagging in their Bible reading, their prayer, their worship time. And we see it, and they start distancing themselves from that foundation, and they start building their lives on another foundation, one that's made out of sand. And then before long, something comes along, and it just falls in. Guys, we don't want that to happen to any of us. We want to make sure that we're staying on our foundation. Our family, our faith is built on the foundation of Jesus, on His teachings. So we have to be careful of the little stuff, guys. That's what I'm trying to say. Satan doesn't usually come in with a bulldozer and blow your house over. He comes in with something small to get us out of alignment. If you ever read the book, uh, The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, there's, it's kind of a funny book, but he's, he's giving spiritual principles. And he talks about a guy who has a demon assigned to him. And his demon is trying to get him off his relationship with God. He's like, oh, do I just blow it up? And, and Satan's like, no, 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 just get him busy. That's all I got to do, just get him busy. And then he'll come out of alignment. He'll come off that foundation and his life will fall apart. So we have to choose our foundation carefully. Jesus teaches about two foundations. The one that's built on the rock 
is a person who hears and does. He hears the teaching of Jesus, he hears it, and then he applies it. He practically puts it into practice in his life. The one that's built on sand, it's an easier. Now, I'm going to show you a picture here. Palestine, where Jesus was, understood flash floods. Now, this is a picture of a flash flood that came through just a, a couple months ago in Palestine. It took vehicles off, it swept families away, because it was dry when a hard rain come, came. <laughs> this flood happened, this flash flood, and it washes stuff away. And Jesus is saying, if your house is built on a solid foundation and that thing comes, you'll survive. Your house will make it. But if it's on a sandy foundation, it's going to fall apart. It's going to get swept away. And so they have these floods. So why would anybody build on sand? It's easier. <laughs> you can pick a house anywhere. You don't have to have a good foundation. And so we have to choose the foundation that we want. So how do we choose a foundation? Well, guys, Jesus leaves the choice to us. Jesus lets us choose because we have a free will. He allows us to choose the foundation that we want. He says in this parable, there's two different ones. And he says, here's how to live a blessed life. It's, here's how to live a life that's in an enviable position. Build your teaching on me. If you want God to do more in us and through us, if we want God to move in our family, to move in our f- relationships, if we want God to use us and to work in us and not just have an ordinary Christian life, we have to choose a foundation, the solid foundation of Jesus. So if we want to get blessed, we have to get into position. We have to be there. <clears throat> Jesus outlines these two choices. Now, I love football. <laughs> I hope we have a football season this year. But one of the things that a receiver does, the main job the receiver has is to get in a position to catch the ball. The receiver's job is not to throw the ball. Receiver's job isn't to tell the quarterback where to throw it. His position, his job is to get to this spot on the field at this time and be ready because the ball is going to be there, right? Now, sometimes they block. I understand that. Sometimes they pull off defenders. I get that. But the main job of the main route receiver is to get in a certain position and the quarterback can throw that ball and get it there. Guys, our job, if we want Jesus to work in us and through us, is to build our lives on his foundation, to be in a position to be blessed, to be in a position for him to work. And we do that by building on a solid foundation. <clears throat> the choice is left to us. So, guys, the life built on rock can withstand anything. Jesus shows us here that the life built on the solid foundation of Jesus' life and Jesus' teachings and a relationship with him can withstand anything. Now, does it mean it's going to be easy? No, but he says it can withstand anything. Guys, it's not, he says that this house will will withstand the, the rain and the wind and the water, and it's not the strength of the house, guys. It's not the strength of the Christian. It's the strength of the foundation the Christian is attached to. It's that foundation that that house is built on can withstand all this rain and all this flood, all this stuff. (laughs) Now, the house built on the rock, it's a practical response. It's putting Jesus' words into action. That's the difference between a Christian and a person who has religion. It's the difference between a person that has a relationship with Christ and the person who just goes through the motions because we understand that building a house on a solid foundation is putting this into practice. It's doing the stuff every day. And it's hard work. It is. It's tough. Sometimes, and I love this quote, it's, it's harder, but it withstands the storms of life. And uh, Gablin in a commentary, the expositor's commentary says, that putting this into practice is radical submission to the exclusive lordship of Jesus. He says, building your house on a solid rock is radical submission 
to the exclusive lordship of Jesus. That means I'm going to do things his way. Now, I know there's an old saying, happy wife, happy life, right? If you do things the way your wife likes it, your life is going to be happy, right? That's the thing they tell young couples when you get married. Same thing with your husband. If you serve your husband, you make him happy, life's going to be happy. If you want a good relationship with Jesus, you want a house that's going to withstand everything, you do things his way. Another quote says, what wisdom consists of is clear. A wise person represents those who put Jesus' words into practice. Their building can withstand anything. Matthew Henry says that uh, these things of Christ will make us happy. We have to do them. We have to hear them, and we have to do them, and we'll be blessed. So the life built on rock, on the foundation of Jesus, can withstand anything, any trial, any virus. Does that mean you're never going to die? No. (laughs) I was reading my devotions the other day. You know, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Awesome miracle. A couple weeks later, a couple months later, Jesus is out teaching. He comes to Lazarus' house, and then you try to kill Lazarus again because he's hanging out with Jesus. Imagine this poor guy. I was dead. Now I'm alive. Now they're trying to get me again just because I'm building my life on Jesus. I don't know if he died again. I don't know how that works if you've been raised from the dead. I don't know. So the life built on sin looks good, but it doesn't last. It looks good, but it's not going to last. And these two houses, they may look exactly the same on the outside. The house built on solid rock and the foundation of Jesus, the house built on the sand of our own opinions and ideas, they may look exactly the same until the storms come. Now, I know it's hard to think about this stuff sometimes because we've been trapped in our houses. We're thinking, you know, I'd welcome a storm right now. (laughs) I'd welcome something. But if your house is built on sand, it's going to crash. Gablin again said, those who pretend to have faith who have a merely intellectual commitment or those who enjoy Jesus in small doses are foolish builders. When the storms of life come, their structures fool no one above all God. So saying if we build our life on our own ideas, our own plans, if we want just a little bit of Jesus, just enough to make our conscience better, then when the storms come, we don't have enough to withstand. Our house falls down. So how do we keep... A solid foundation. How do we keep from being a superficial enthusiasm, but no real structure, no real commitment? How do we keep a strong foundation? We keep building our relationship with the Lord. Keep building that relationship with God. And I know this is the church answer. I know it. Spend time with God. Spend time in His Word. Pray. Spend time reading Scripture, studying it, meditating on it. That means thinking about what we read. And it doesn't have to be a long time. It can be a short thing. It can be five minutes a day. And there's a lot of great tools that can help us do that. There's a Version Bible app that I mentioned earlier. You can put on your phone, your tablet, your computer. It'll help you read that every single day. There are plans that help you read a little bit of Scripture, read a little application, apply it. And guys, I promise you, if you do this, your life will change. If you spend time in God's Word, Jesus says you're building your life on a solid foundation, and it will change. Have a time of prayer where we listen as much as we talk. Listen to Jesus. Just take a couple minutes a day, spend time talking to Jesus, and then spend a few minutes listening. And it's amazing. He'll talk to us. We can read books. We can watch videos. That Right now, Media Pastor Kenny talked about earlier. Tons and tons and tons of videos on all different subjects. These are things I know guys that, that go on their lunch break, and they go sit in their car, they pull out their phone, and they watch a Right Now Media video, a 10-minute video, and then they listen, they apply, they read Scripture, they do it. <laughs> read books. If you go to Calvary on our Facebook page, you can see all types of videos that people have put up there. You can go up, you can see comments, you can do all these different things. The Right Now Media is there. So there's videos on our Facebook page that show you how to get connected to Right Now Media. 
show you how to do this, how to set this stuff up. And then we need to keep building a strong support team. What does that mean? I need people in my life that I give permission to speak to me. I need people in my life who can look at me and say, hey, Rex, you're blowing it. You need to stop. Hey, Rex, you're doing great. Keep it up. We all need those people. And we love having the people that, that want to do the same things we do, right? We love having people say, yeah, that's great. We also need people that say, hey, stop being stupid. Stop being an idiot. Get your life back on track. We need those people that we give permission to speak into our lives. And not just our boss. We need people that we love that care about us enough to say the hard things. We need people who help us stay vigilant, who help us stay on the right path. And guys, I know this is so hard right now. You're stuck at home. You've been home for 40-something days. You haven't been able to go eat Mexican food. I understand it's hard. The Chinese food's been gone. It's hard, all right? I understand this. We have to stay connected to people. And guys, I'm so glad this happened in 2020, not in the 70s, okay? We have technology now. We have cell phones. We can video chat with one another. We don't have to call long distance, <laughs> We were, a pastor's group the other day was talking like, what would have happened if this had happened in the 70s? We said, well, we would have called a lot more people, but not long distance, you know, because that was expensive and we could have mailed stuff to them probably and maybe uh, done cassettes, but that got it kind of expensive and then they melt, you know. Um, so we, we're blessed that we are in this time right now because we've got thousands of things on TV to watch. We've got right now media, we have technology, we can get books on our phones, on our tablets, we don't have to go to the library. So there's a lot of stuff going on, but guys, we have to be intentional. The Christian life is best lived in community. We need one another. We need our church family now more than ever. Reach out and connect with one another. If you don't have a church family, this is your church family. We want to be there for you. Connect with us. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to help you out any way we can. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25, the writer of Hebrews says this, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So encourage each other. Reach out through Facebook, through text messages, through FaceTime and video chatting, Google Hangouts, and all. I think that's still here. All these different things. Reach out through these things. Connect with each other. Connect with us through the church page. Guys, we want to be there for you. We want to help one another in this time. So guys... I'm going to pray. And if you're there and you say, you know, my house has been built on sand. My life has been built on my own ideas, my own thoughts, my own agendas. Guys, I haven't been doing this thing like you're talking about. I haven't built my house on the foundation of Jesus' teachings and a relationship with him. But I want to do that. I want to change foundations. You may be there today and you say, you know, Pastor, I don't have a relationship with Jesus at all. I've never asked him to forgive my sins. Guys, today can be the day that you can do that. I'm going to say a simple prayer. And if you repeat this prayer with me and you say, you really mean this, you're really talking to the Lord, your life will change. The Bible says that he'll forgive our sins and he'll make us new. We'll have a relationship with him that lasts forever. But even better, we have a relationship with him that helps us to withstand the storms of life because they're coming. Guys, they're here now. We understand this. So we can do all things through Christ is what he says. He means we can do whatever he calls us to do. So if you want to have that relationship with Jesus, I'm going to ask you to say this prayer with me right now. Say, dear Jesus, Thank you so much for coming to this earth and dying in my place. Because I admit that I've made mistakes. I've messed up. And I ask you to forgive all my sins. Please come into my life. Make me new. Help me to have a relationship with you that withstands all the storms of life. In Jesus' name.
So Lord, right now, I just pray for all these watching, listening to these words right now. And Lord, there are some that have built their house on sin. They built their lives on their own opinions, their own ideas, or maybe just a little bit of you. And God, there's some of them that want to change their foundation. They want to build their lives on your teaching. I pray that you would help them today. Lord, I pray that you'd be with our church family today, all our friends that are scattered out, and you'd help them to be strong. Lord, help them to build their life on your teaching. Help them to be safe in this time of craziness. Lord, I pray that you protect their homes, protect their families, protect our finances, be our provider. Lord, help us to be your hands and feet extended to this community around us. Help us to be your examples, your witnesses everywhere that we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, like uh, Randy, Pastor Randy said on the video earlier, we still have missionaries to support. We still have work to do in this community. We're going to ask you to keep being faithful with your financial commitments to the church as well. Uh, the tab will go up here at the bottom, lexag.org slash donate. You can mail in offerings to the church. You can drop them off. Guys, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for helping us keep our missionaries out there. Now, I know some of them have had to come off the field, but they still have to live. And guys, we still have ministry going on all around the world and here in our Lexington community. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for being faithful. I ask you to keep doing that. Guys, thanks for being with us. Hope to see some of you at Bible study tonight at 630. Anyone can join. Uh, if you're in the Calvary Facebook group, the link will be on there. As we'd love to have you. Uh, youth Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. Power Kids Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. Kids Church Sundays at 945. So we'll see you then. Thanks, guys.